along with all his father's family, he lived in he lived a hundred and ten years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children, also the children of Makur's son and Manasseh were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to the, his brothers, I am going to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abram, Isaac, and Joseph. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to you, your aid, and then you, will, you must carry my bones up from the place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Thank you, Tenley. They asked they ask me while I was in Florida, Tenley, who I wanted to read the scripture for me this morning, and I said, Tenley. So, isn't that a blessing to have our young people to read? It's good to be home. I love my church. And it's just not the same when we're away and not able to be with you. Um, I noticed, guys, thanks for coming back. We, it, it's great to have the guys from the guard uh, who, when they're here, when they're here for classes and they come and visit with us, that is a special blessing. And we, want, we appreciate your service to our nation. Bless you uh, for that. Um, I guess it would be, I really hadn't planned this, but it, it would seem strange if I did not say something about the ruling of the Supreme Court this week. Um, I am grateful to God that that has happened. I never thought I would see it in my lifetime. But this is a wake-up call to us as Christians and to us as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an opportunity of ministry to people who find themselves in a difficult situation who might have before taken an easy out, and now that choice is probably not available to them. And it is our responsibility to pray for them, to reach out to them, and to help them when they make the right decision. Amen? We support a pregnancy center that gives them the help and the options, but I, I want you as a church to realize that that is a part of our outreach to our community. But when you know of someone, don't be critical of how they got into the situation. Help them where they are. Bring them to Jesus, our high priest who gives mercy and grace, and bring them to a church that is a life-changing church and a church that loves God and loves others. That, if, is, if that's political, that's my political statement for the morning. Let's be who we're supposed to be. Amen? 
We are, I've been doing a series on the life, life lessons from the life of Joseph. I love this story in the Old Testament. It is one of the most interesting, one of the most challenging to me. And this is my last sermon, unfortunately, for me. I mean, I, I, I would love to go on and on about the things that Joseph in his life, and his example, the things that he teaches us. Understand, listen, I'm not about studying the Bible for biblical trivial pursuit. The Bible says of itself, Paul said that these things happened to them, that is, Ellen, the people in the Old Testament, happened to them as an example to us that we might not sin as they did. And then he gives some examples of their sins. Jonathan, I believe, you heard me say this over and over again, I believe in practical preaching. If I stand here and, and just repeat trite phrases that are churchism, church speak, and I don't show you something from the Word of God that you can take home with you today and put to work tomorrow and all week long, it is then time for me to retire. Now, I'm not ready to retire, but when, if I don't show you something practical from the Word of God that helps you where you live, when you live, I'm not doing my job. And I, I want to share this, this last lesson from the life of Joseph because Joseph lived in a foreign land. Now, I've done that. Brenda and I spent 12 years in Kenya, East Africa's missionaries, and we have lived, um, and we've lived in a dozen different countries. I mean, Brenda, uh, that lady's amazing. Uh, can I get an amen? Um, she has set up housekeeping in a dozen different companies, uh, countries over the years. Um, that, that means Cheryl having to learn the new grocery store. Just imagine going to a foreign country and figuring out where things, you know, what can I get in this country? And where is it in the grocery store? What substitutions, Catherine, can I make? Because it's not available here. What do they have that I can use instead? That, that woman is amazing. But Joseph lived a life of faith in God, Jehovah God, in a foreign pagan land. And his walk by faith is an example of how we need to walk by faith. By faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the barrel of his bones. What does it look like? He walked by faith in a pagan land. What does that look like? Charlotte, what can you take from this? Larry, what can you take from this, from the life of Joseph, that makes a difference in the way, Alice, you live your life in a community around us in fact, in a community, Jay, that is increasingly pagan, not Christian. What does that look like? And I want to pull some things out that I've seen from the life of Joseph. This is not 
chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 3. This is his whole story. First of all, Joseph lived a life of integrity. He lived a life of integrity. We're going to have a Father's Conference on August the 26th and 27th. We'll have a, a supper on August, Friday, August 26th, and then two hours of classes. And we'll have a special speaker in. And then breakfast on Saturday morning, August 27th, again with a special speaker for two classes, four classes teaching the principles that fathers need to pass on to their sons and grandsons. And I hope every man in this church will be here for that Friday evening, Saturday morning conference, August 26th and 27th. But I can tell you that one of the principles that we need to pass on to our children by which we ourselves need to live is integrity. That we, we are who we say we are and we do what we say we will do. We have the faith that we proclaim and we live by that faith. Now Joseph's integrity was characterized by spiritual integrity. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph said, this is important, get this. Reagan, turn up the monitor so I'll quit yelling. Thank you. Um, I can't do it. It's not me. The ability is not mine. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Joseph refused to trust in his own ability. He trusted in God's ability. It's very important that we understand that it's not our ability that's important to God. It is our availability that's important to God. Chris, if, if we will do what He wants us to do, even when we feel unable, we step through that door of opportunity and God enables us to do that. Reagan, I told you to turn it up and now it's too loud. Sorry, I apologize. I depend on my monitors. I don't care how loud it is to you. I just, I need to hear them so that I won't yell and ruin my voice. But poor guys in the sound booth have to put up with my strangeness. Spiritual integrity, a spiritual walk with God is not dependent on our ability, but rather our, avail our availability. Listen, our story. Now, I'm getting old enough, Corey, that I've, be I've begun to tell stories, you know, um, Todd and Jenny had to listen to a few of those from Brenda and from me on the drive to Florida and back. Um, and the trouble is, I have a limited number of stories, Alan. And so they get to listen to some of the same ones that they've heard in, in the past, but they've been very kind and they've listened to them again as if they're hearing them for the first time. But the truth is, friend, you've got a story too. Listen, everybody has their story. But the truth is, our story is for God's glory, not for our own. 
Our story is for the glory of God, and we need to be sure that we never steal God's glory. He, was, he lived a life of integrity. That included sexual integrity. One day he went into the house to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She, who was she? Uh, Jabba the Hutt, right? You, I've, I've said that three different times now. Everybody thinks that, that Potiphar's wife was a beautiful woman. The Bible doesn't say that. It, it says that Joseph was handsome. It says nothing about the appearance of Potiphar's wife. And I figured out, Jay, that she probably looked like Jabba the Hutt. But she caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Gentlemen, there are times when the best response to what's happening is for you to just run. I mean it. Just get out of the situation. Don't try to handle it. Get out of there. Walk away. Turn around and walk away. Temptation is out there. It's summertime. The clothes come off in the summertime. Brenda and I have laughed over the years. We lived in Florida in my, during my first pastorate, and I would see the, the neighbor's wife next door and what she was wearing, you know, out in the yard, and I, it wasn't all that bad. But then she'd go out and get in the car to go to Walmart. That woman wore less clothes to Walmart than she did at home. It's summertime. Turn your eyes away, guys. There are some places you don't need to look. You need to bounce your eyes away and don't look. Run! Get out of the situation. Listen, we live in a world today where sexual integrity is almost unknown. Sometimes we need to, that running means turn off the TV. Have you ever walked out of a movie? You probably ought to try it sometime. People might be shocked, but there are some things that you just don't need to see, and it's corrupting morally, and it's promoting the lack of sexual integrity. We lack sexual integrity in our day. Some people would say because of Hollywood. Hey, listen, it's always been that way. It's always been that way. But sexual integrity is a huge, huge issue. Listen, every wife and every husband wants to be the, own, the only partner his or her spouse has ever known. I didn't get any amens to that. I hope that means that you're thinking about that. What does that mean? That means young people saving. Most of my young people are in Indiana right now. I got the young, young people listening. I hope you're listening, young ladies. You need to save yourself for your husband when he comes along eventually. Young men, 
It's just as true of you. You need to save yourself for your wife when that day comes so that on the evening of your wedding, you can experience the joy of a pure marriage. Save yourself. Now, I realize that a good number of people under the sound of my voice are remarried, and so this cannot be true of you. You know what can be true? That you are the last sexual partner that your husband or wife ever knows. Would you make that commitment? I'm not asking for a show of hands. I'm just challenging you to make the commitment. It may be that you entered marriage and it was not your first sexual experience, but you can make sure it's your last. Well, I don't mean it that way, but... You can make sure that's your last partner, right? that you never know anyone else again. I thought I'd get more laughs than that out of them. <laughs> Some of you are too embarrassed to laugh. Every, that's what your wife wants, guys. She wants to be the last woman you know for as long as you both shall live. Ladies, that's what your husband wants. Despite what the TV shows you, despite what culture shows you, that you will be faithful, you will have sexual integrity. Joseph also had business integrity. Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Now, there's a key here. Delane, I could have said, that Joseph had business integrity when he was in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar put everything under his management. Mark, I could have said that he had business integrity when he was in the prison and he was serving under the head jailer. The head jailer made, put him in charge because of his integrity. Pharaoh put him in charge because he saw in him what was John the reason for his sexual integrity, the reason for his business integrity, the reason for his integrity was the Spirit of God that was in him. Listen, we need to walk in the Spirit, listening to what the Spirit of God tells us to do, and put the flesh to death. That little thing about the devil on one shoulder and, and the angel on the other shoulder, it's not an angel. By the way, it's not a devil either. It's, it's our sinful nature that's fighting against us. But we need to say no to our fleshly nature and say yes to the Spirit of God that's in us and we will live by that kind of integrity. Listen, it's harmful to the kingdom of God for one to claim to be a Christian and lack integrity in business. Don't bother telling people. You know, I, I see business cards with a fish on it or with a cross, or I see bumper stickers, you know, 
where the driver claims to be Christian. And then you wonder why in the world they're sticking their arm out of the window and giving the one-finger salute. Don't claim... If you're going to do that, take the sticker off your bunker, bumper, okay? It does no good to claim to be a Christian as a businessman if you don't have integrity. Hurts when it gets practical, doesn't it? The Bible is a sharp sword. So if I walk on your toes, I'm doing my job. I don't expect everybody to walk out and say, boy, I enjoyed that sermon. I, I would hope some people would walk out and say, man, that was convicting. I needed to hear that. Then he also I said that he walked a life of integrity, demonstrated his faith by, walk, by having a life of integrity. The second thing is he turned the focus of his life. I wonder why I capitalized that. Walter, did I do that? He turned the focus of his life from himself to others. I mean, in the beginning, you have to admit, Joseph was a pretty selfish guy. Um, in the his youth, he dreamed of his own armor, his own honor. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Well, good grief, Heather. They, he, he talked about them bowing down to him. What do you think they would do? You know, this is maybe, I hope I'm not reading this into the Scripture but Darren, I think sometimes we need to keep our dreams to ourselves. There's some people, people not, who just don't want to hear our dreams, you know? They're not going to appreciate them, especially if our dream has something to do with them. And Joseph gloried in the dream he had, and he couldn't stand to not share it. Don Brenda tells me all the time, you don't have to tell everything you know. You don't have to tell everything you know. Sometimes, uh, doesn't the proverb say something about you'll look a lot smarter if you keep your mouth shut? Now that's a paraphrase according to Lynn, but I think, David, that's what it says. I think that's what it means. You'll at least look smart if you don't say anything. Better to do that than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Joseph had a dream when he told his brothers they hated him all the more. It was about him. In Potiphar's house, however, he learned to serve others. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When he, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, he put him in charge. He put him in charge. The Lord gave him success in what? In being a leader? Gave him success in owning a lot of property? Gave him success in making a lot of money? Absolutely not. He made him a good servant. How well do we serve? 
Are we good servants? Do we serve others gracefully and gratefully? Listen, success is in service. Success is in service. First of all, we are supposed to serve God. But you serve God when you serve people. Number one commandment. We've been through this, right? What is the first and great commandment? That you love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. What is the second one that is like unto it, the Bible says? She'll love others as you love yourself. You serve God best when you find yourself serving other people. I already made the statement today that the new ruling by SCOTUS saying that there never was a right to abortion in the Constitution. They ruled on the Constitution, not on a political slogan. And I said to you, that throws responsibility on us to minister to those people who now find themselves in trouble with heartache and not knowing what to do. Where's our compassion? Forget the political slogans and jargon. Where is our love for people because we love God? And we need to be serving others. Success is in service. Joseph learned that. He started off self-centered. And through God's school, graduate school, he learned to serve. In the dungeon, he helped the servants of Pharaoh. Do I need to go back to that? Did you have, sometimes I get scolded for moving the slides too fast so you can't write it down. In the, in the dungeon, and Brenda's not the one who's been doing that, okay? It's, anyway. Is everybody still awake? Are you still with me? In the dungeon, he helped the servants of Pharaoh. The Bible says, when Joseph came to them, the servants, the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. In other words, I'm willing to help you. Are you willing to help? When you see people in need, are you willing to help? You see a car broken down on the side of the road, and that somebody's just standing there dejectedly beside their car. You say, oh, in the world we live in, that's too dangerous. But just let me be dangerous then, because I want to stop and help. If that was me, if that was my wife standing on the side of the road and she's got no cell coverage, I want somebody to stop and help. Are you looking for somebody to help? This week, some of you have never answered an invitation since I started preaching, and that's okay if God hasn't spoken to you through my preaching, then don't answer. But listen, right now, are you willing to make a commitment this week to find somebody who needs help and be the one. 
be the one. Tim's success is in service. How many of you are willing to publicly, now don't do this just because everybody else is, how many of you are willing to publicly commit to look for somebody this week to serve, someone to help, and you will help them. Will you do that? Is there anybody? Amen. Praise God. Praise God for your honesty. I know that that can be scary, but look for somebody to help. He, in his position of power, he focused on others. Not himself. This is not a woe is me, Joseph. He was focusing on others. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. I told you that is one of the most shocking moments in all of the Bible. They had begun, their, they had believed their own lie, that he was dead. They'd been saying he was dead for so long, Sam, that they believed their own lie. And I, I said that day when I preached that, we can do the same thing if we're not careful. We'll tell a lie over and over and over again until we believe our own lie. I am Joseph. Man, if they wore socks in that day, it would have shot their socks off. By the way, I got comments this week at the ABA about my socks. Anyway, God sent me here. He was the one who sent me ahead of you in order to preserve your life. And in the passage, Tenley, that you read, he said, I will take care of you. I will take care of you. You see, all of a sudden, Eric, now his focus is on others and not on himself. That, don't we need to go there? Isn't that what we need to do? For two years now, there's been famine in the land. For the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Everything that has happened to me has been for your good. And Tony, what he's saying is, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Everything that's happened to me has been for your good. Listen to me. The church is not about us. The kingdom of God is not about us. It's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. Are we willing to sacrifice our preferences and our comfort so that God can work to change the lives of others? Faith Baptist Church in North Little Rock, Faith NLR, is a life-changing church. It will be as long as we're preaching and teaching the Word of God. It will be as long as the Spirit of God is in charge of our worship. It will be as long as you and I are willing to make it about others and not about ourselves, our own preferences, our own comfort, our own desires. It's all about Him and changed lives. Then finally, and I'm already out of time, 
Joseph walked by faith because he never forgot God's promises. He never forgot God's promise. He spoke of his death. That's what it said in Hebrews chapter 11. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. The Bible says it is appointed to all men to die. But after this, the judgment. We're, we all have an appointment with death. None of us are going to get out of this life alive unless the rapture happens. And there will be a change that takes place even then. Joseph thought about his death and said, you must carry my bones up from this place. Uh, paraphrase, don't bury me in Egypt. This is not my land. Bury me in the promised land. Listen, that tombstone you put on my grave is not my final resting place. Don't bother coming to that grave marker to talk to me. I'm not there. I am with Jesus. My question for you is, where will you be the moment you close your eyes in death? When you open your eyes on the other side, where will you be? Listen, you can know where you're going. He spoke of his, his death and his deliverance. God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's made a similar promise to you. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don, that doesn't mean hope to. Donna, that doesn't mean if, if I can hang on to it. If, if you call upon the Lord in faith, Frederick, you are saved immediately and forever. You are given, Mark, the gift of eternal life. You can know that you're saved, and you can know where you're going when you die. Do you? Do you know Him? Do you have faith in Him? Do you know where you're going? He also spoke of God's coming. He made them a swearing oath, said, God will surely come for your aid. And that's when he said, take my bones with you. And they did. God's coming. You know what? The angels on the mount said, this same Jesus who's been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe that? Jesus is coming again. Is that good news for you? Or does that scare the fool out of you? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Are you hopeful? Or will you... Are you afraid of His coming and you don't know what in the world you will say to Him when He comes? Get ready. Walk by faith in Jesus Christ. If you're in the guard, walk by faith. If you're working a job at the factory, walk by faith. If you're leading in a company to do landscaping, walk by faith. 
If you're filling teeth, walk by faith. If you're retired, boy, you better walk by faith. Walk by faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. That and the hope of His coming is life-changing. What does God want you to take care of before He comes? What decision do you need to make right now to be ready for His coming? I want us to stand together with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Everyone, please, standing with your heads, if you're able, standing with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to ask you, what have you left undone in God's will for you? Why not take care of it right now? The old expression in church was, do business with God. What, is, what in the world does that mean? That means hear what He says to you that you ought to do and make a commitment to do it. Will you do that? You can come to this altar right now. And I'll be glad to pray with you. You can meet with me or with Todd in the lobby. We'll both be out there. And we would be glad to counsel with you and to pray with you. Every, every head's bowed. I've asked you once already to raise your hands. Who would be so bold as to raise their hand and say there is something I need to take care of with God. And I need you to pray for me that I'll have the faith and the boldness to do that. I'm the only one looking. Who would slip up their hand and say, there's something, I see that hand. There's something that I need to take care of. Anyone else? Father, thank you for your word, for how powerful and how practical it is. And I pray, Father, for the movement of your Spirit in the service right now, convicting and directing. And Lord, whatever response there is to the invitation, may you receive all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Amen and amen.